being an educator, I find myself frequently depressed about what seems to me to be a change in education. When I went to college, I, you know, I just went to see what college would have to offer. I would take my classes and get excited about things that I had never heard of before or thought of. And, you know, I developed a love of literature, a love of, of philosophy. There was all this fascinating stuff out there, right? And it wasn't aimed at, you know, how will this get me a job that will get me promoted, that will get me to, right? It closes off the possibility. It doesn't even suggest to people, well, find something you're passionate about and then develop that. Or it doesn't ask you to be kind of self-exploratory. You, you know, you think you know what you want and you go for it and then it's not what you want. And, and that, I think, can create a, a crisis of meaning. So what I would like is to be able to turn the public discourse around from that and, you know, kind of encourage people to step back and, and ask questions about what would make my life worth living earlier in the day and approach their opportunities in that spirit. Like, I, I, I think that this paper is not one that we have to systematically move through at all. Because mm. I, okay. I think like it, it raises a ton of really interesting questions that I don't think that we necessarily have to sort of like tackle in order. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, what would you guys think of the paper overall? I mean, I, I, this was one of my favorites, honestly, that we've read like for the series so far. I agree with that. Giffen, you said you liked it, right? Yeah, no, this is definitely one of my favorites for <clears throat> sure. Did you guys, um, did, okay, when I was when I was reading this paper, I I definitely had to um I had to remind myself like as I was reading this, okay, this is not a defense of moral pluralism. This is like an exploration of what follows from it. Did you like I I, I found myself actually like kind of reminding myself of that because I would come up with all these like woo questions and then you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. I think she does an okay job at reminding you. Like, mm -hmm. I think she, at least at the beginning and the end, she mentions it. I don't, maybe in the middle once, um, like starting one of the new sections. But yeah, no, I agree. Um, you definitely do have to keep that in mind, that it's an exploration. It should be treated as such. Yeah. And it's also, it's also like a very short paper um, in the sense that we should say we're talking about her paper, Two Levels of Pluralism. Uh, published in 1992, so fairly early in terms of all of her work. Um, and I don't know, I mean, we can just like, I don't think we, like I said, I don't think we have to like talk about it in a systematic order, whatever, whatever you guys thought was interesting, we can talk about. Um, maybe, maybe at the top, I'll say that, like, okay, so when we're talking about moral pluralism. That is the view that there are an irreducible or incommensurate variety of values um, in the moral domain. Yeah, moral yes, values. Yeah. Yes. Um, Which I had to remind myself of that point too a few times because she yeah. has like a pluralistic system between yeah. moralistic values and non-moralistic values. That like was definitely a big theme throughout her previous papers. So that was something I had to remind myself of at least. Yeah. And I, okay. Like I, I, I didn't get to talk about this in class, which I actually regret, but like part of me wonders if, because, okay. So like, okay, I know she's not defending pluralism in this paper, but part of me wonders if she has to be committed to pluralism at all, given the pluralistic nature of her like overall philosophical view. Right. Because like, 
if she's all okay because you might you might think that if you were sort of like a strict objectivist about like okay you know how in her paper she she made like moral saints she's making the case that okay like morality is not the only or like first order value that then everything has to be subsumed by like okay if you're already saying that i wonder if you actually need to be uh, a moral pluralist on top of that does that actually like, buy you anything and i think it I, does but yeah i don't know if it's necessary um i get i think it's probably like more in more believable that you would kind of hold that value but i think someone could like actually like mm -hmm without contradiction say like you know within the moral sphere you know i have like a i adore some sort of pluralism um but i actually do view that like morals kind of encompasses like the top of the hierarchy of um values yeah. if that makes sense maybe yeah. vice versa or like I, I i forget the exact terminology so i have to go look to this but you can be like an absolutist right where or is an objectivist which is it Standage um, objectivist would be saying that yeah there is like the, it gets complicated because like we talked about this in class but there's like multiple ways to be an objectivist exactly because uh, in yeah, the paper yeah. you, you can you can be an objectivist even as a pluralist in a sense because it's like because it's like okay you can recognize like you know if these factors are in place such that you value this specific moral value right over, you could say this is a better way to live <clears throat> life or a better way to act. So you yeah. could make an objective statement about, you know, certainly if you value, you know, let's say the, the well-being of others, you know, and you have a, these other competing value, moral values as well, you can still say it's wrong to burn someone's house down, like yeah. just objectively in the moral sphere, if you value those things. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you can be an objective, but like I guess when I say like objectivist in this sense, like I I definitely mean like some like a of the strict like, objectivist. Subs yeah, subscribes yeah. entirely to like utilitarian or like Kantian moral theory and says like, okay, this is the only lens that we have to like look through, um, just like assessing whether a value is right or, or like an action is right or wrong. Yeah. 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 You you could call that like a um like an objectivist monist or something like that. Like there's only yeah, one yeah. value that everything yes. reduces to. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> um, yeah. Because I think, I don't remember if this is Wolf's terminology or, or if it was um, Sam Ravita's from teaching the class, but like this, like the slogan of pluralism could be stated as saying that uh, just because there is no one single answer, uh, one single objective answer does not mean that there are not many wrong answers. Mm -hmm. like that's kind of like the yeah slogan that was of, mentioned yeah yeah okay yeah um I, i'm actually okay i'm actually curious if okay before reading the paper if you had thought about pluralism and it doesn't have to be in like strictly these terms or whatever like okay where did you come into the paper at and did the paper shift you in one direction or another i'm i'm very curious to hear that i already came in with this perspective given like you you had read that one book um by what by jonathan height was it that you oh. me, you, where you talked about irreducible values that people mm -hmm. hold mm -hmm. so i've always kind of like held that to an extent where it's like okay people can have can apply different weights to different moral values mm. um and that will lead someone to a different conclusion 
you know, two different conclusion in their behavior than me. And it doesn't necessarily make them wrong. They just value certain, or they just have like an innate value uh, or they push the weight <laughs> to a moral value than I do. If that makes sense. Like I've, I've yeah. kind of that, not, not this precise framing, but I've kind of had that mindset. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Giffen. I, I guess, I don't know. I, I, I agree to some extent. Um, like I, like Adam described his example, at least, um, like I definitely had a perspective where like, I would recognize that like two people, like having conflicting, you know, assessments, like moral assessments might not necessarily be like wrong where you can like, where we could say like, like we could say, you know, like definitively one way or the other, which is like better or like whether one thing is wrong. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I think I was probably a little bit more towards like the reducibility angle going mm. in. Like, I think like ultimately like those examples, like an example similar to what Adam said, I could probably like think about in the framing of, well, that's just because we'd have imperfect information. Right. Mm. Um, so like we can make those kind of claims, but um, I definitely probably thought like, well, given perfect information, then um, yeah. <laughs> I could probably imagine like a reduce, like kind of like a reducibility um, yeah. framework. So like um, the, the Giffen slogan in response to pluralism would be like to flip it on its head and just say like, well, just because we can't currently like reduce these things doesn't mean that we couldn't. Yeah. That's, yeah. that was probably how I would have, that's how I think about how I was going in, I guess. Okay. Okay. Oh, so, okay. So how did the paper move you one direction or another? I think it moved me away from the reducibility. Um, mm. So okay. again, I, I don't, I don't think I had the same kind of exposure you two had to like the, the notion before. Hmm. Um, so, uh, that might partly explain it. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of like the, the broad philosophical, um, assessment, not like a epistemic thing. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. I did shift. I, okay. I, I'll put my cards on the table. I'm extremely, I guess like I still am undecided about a lot of questions about this paper because I don't know. It's just, it, it was one of those papers that like in a good way raised more questions that I could, than I could actually systematically go through and like figure out what I thought about. So yeah. I'm, I, I know I'm, I'm, uh, there were a few that I didn't get to raise in class that I'm definitely going to raise here because they're obviously of interest to me. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Let me put a pin. Cause Adam, you said something that I want to circle back to, around to, which is the Jonathan Haidt moral foundations theory thing because i have yes, a, yes. yes because i have a question that's what about came that. to mind whenever i was reading this and me I'm like, too me too i'm like since you told me that years ago i've kind of like adopted that into my thinking and that has been part of my thinking ever since yeah yeah so because yeah that that was i remember i um that was in the context of the one paper that i was writing um about the well it doesn't matter because it's still um unpublished technically did i tell you what happened with that actually it was the most annoying response i've ever gotten back from a it was a collected volume in the um in the aftermath of a conference and they were like it was so annoying actually they were like we thought the paper was wonderful um and there was no like there was no feedback such that it would be rejected but it didn't fit within the scope of the edited volume so we didn't include i was like it's like that's mm. so annoying. Yeah, um, disappointing. Yeah, I was so annoyed about that. <clears throat> okay, but anyway. Um, oh, okay. In, another important thing to 
to get on the table just for like us and the listeners is to contrast. Okay. So we've contrasted pluralism with like a type of monist objectivism and this, okay. Okay. So this was something important that Sam and Vita mentioned in class that I don't know that I had thought about super carefully, but there's also a difference to keep in mind between there's a difference between ordering in terms of importance and reducing moral values from one to another. Right. Um, because someone said something in class that conflated those and they, and they like corrected that. So it's just that um, like that. The, so the, the pluralist is going to say that for instance, like dignity cannot be fully reduced and thought about in terms of harm or fairness or something like that. So they're not like they're incommensurate, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't order them. Yeah. Right. Am hmm. I am I saying that clearly? Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ordering yeah, okay. does not imply yes. um, reducibility. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Um, and it's the same. Like you can think about it for like any number of values. It's like if you're buying a car, like certain aspects of the car could not be reducible to each other, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't find like some more important than others. You know what I mean? Like you could have like a five star safety rating, but worse gas mileage. Like those aren't commensurate, but you can order them. Right. If, okay. Yeah. No. That yeah. definitely something valuable to add because i don't know that i really made that distinction no i i hadn't like i don't think i had conflated them but i also hadn't thought about like the distinction that clearly do you know what i mean no yeah Yeah. no that's probably the same it probably wasn't we didn't get an opportunity (laughs) when like reading it to like Hmm. think about that scenario but yeah i definitely probably would have stumbled into the same uh issue and then okay so then also we are contrasting pluralism with relativism which is um sorry i'm trying to pull up my notes okay so so relativism about morality would say that you know like a potential decision is right or wrong simply according to like system x right so you would have to say like well it's not right for me but it could be for you or something like that and this was what she talks about with the um the uh what was the name of the movie um witness um yeah yeah the witness analogy um but so i mean basically it is what the name sounds like it is it's like it's just saying that moral values are relative to the um to the system that they're placed in yeah right and like culture is an example of such a system right yeah and that that's more about the second level of pluralism is yeah yeah, at the level of sort of whole moral systems or moral societies and that's talking about subjectivism which is that any moral system goes like it's just it's there's no you know distinguishing between like any any moral system um and i don't know about you guys but like I've never been drawn to like, I've always, I've, I don't think there's ever been a time where I've been drawn to a subjectivist view. Have either of you ever been drawn to that? Like that was never a live hypothesis for me. I've definitely like considered like, like, I think it's a useful project to consider like actions with respect to like a certain culture. Yeah. But like the, if the, the further argument beyond that of like, you know, um, well, you can't really say anything because, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, completely no. Like, yeah, you can you can discuss them as like being like worse or better. Like, I think that's yeah. totally valid. 
Um, yeah, but even I, if it's still useful to like say, well, with respect to their system, like they're behaving naturally, you can still then go on to say, yeah, which is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think she has a good line. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase it, but it, mm. it's just <clears throat> she talks about you know just second order pluralism, you know, mm. and, and even like first order pluralism to an extent, being constrained by both reason and empiricism. Mm. So, and I've I've always thought kind of in those terms as well, where it's like, okay, I feel like to adopt some level of subjectivism and I, and I could be, I could be totally wrong with this. It, in some circumstances, it's not constrained by one's own reason or by the empirical facts of the situation. Like you like said, it, subjectivism, it, it does yes, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, that's right. Like, that's right. Like it, yeah. Exactly. It's like, it's, it's more so like, well, I may not see, you know, the reasonableness of like, you know, stoning a young girl, like in some, you know, third world country. And I, yeah. and I, and I might recognize that there was great harm caused by mm. this, you know what I mean? But, but setting those aside, you know, it's like, yeah, it, it could be reasonable given the culture. And it's like, I, I, <laughs> no, well, I'm sure, I've never been attracted by that position. No, know? I found actually a really good definition of it that Wolf gives. She says subjectivism mm. is, as you might expect, the view that morality is subjective. That is, it is the view that moral judgments are not matters of fact, but merely expressions of deeply held but unfounded emotional attitudes. Uh, so it's basically like, um, it's if you're a subjectivist, you think there's nothing more to morality than just saying yay or boo to things. And it's just like, that's the deepest level that it goes to. Yeah. And I've never been, I've never been really drawn to that. Um, okay. Okay. Um, am I, is there, is there anything that we should talk about before just sort of talking about like anything we found interesting on the paper? I'd be happy to just jump into some of the interesting questions with this one. Okay. Yeah. Good. For sure. Oh, there's one more clarification. One more clarification. I think, I think this was the same thing before where someone said something that conflated these two things. Okay. There's also a difference we should keep in mind between, uh, on the one. So, okay. Pluralism is going to say that there are there's no way to reduce all values all moral values to like a singular axis right but that's not the same as saying that there could be many ways to maximize one pleasure yeah and and that was another thing that like again i hadn't conflated but like i think it could be easy to do that so you could be so you could be like a monist objectivist and think that the only thing that matters is pleasure but there could just be like many possible worlds in which you could maximize pleasure or yeah. not. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, okay. What did you guys think about the, um, what did you guys think about the motivation for uh, uh, the motivation for relativism resulting from uh, moral disagreement? Cause I thought that the, um, I thought that the two possible responses to moral disagreement were very funny. And I've like, I've said both of those things before. I'm like very sure of it. Um, Cause like, she basically says that moral relativism gets off the ground because of persistent 
moral disagreement. So people are saying X is right and people are saying no, X is wrong or Y is right, right? And that and the fact that that doesn't get resolved no matter what leads some people to think that it's all relative. And then she says that, okay, well, when we consider um, the fact that there's no way to sort of get out of relativism that doesn't seem like it's begging the question like people will say but no don't you understand like it is just it does cause harm and people are like oh i don't care it's not holy or whatever right like the the emphasis on um the emphasis on the sustained disagreement leads people even further to consider subjectivism um and i think like the two reasons like i've been very attracted to me in the past like even mm-hmm. Now, just like sitting here, yes. about you mean the, the two world, responses, right? The two responses, yeah, which yeah. is like one, like either like you know somebody has their facts wrong, and yes, then like yes. two, somebody's just wrong. You know what yes. I mean? So it's like, you know what I mean? Which is like yes, they're both yeah. still very attractive ideas. You know what I mean? Yes. Like yes. yeah, I even mentioned the first yeah. one, basically like you know we don't yeah. know for sure. Like yeah, of course, kind of related to that. Like someone's just wrong. <laughs> I've said it like a thousand, I've said that like mantra a thousand times where I'm like, just because people disagree, like, doesn't mean one side is legitimate. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, I, said I know. A thousand times. And I think there's still some truth to that, right? I mean, yeah. it's just yeah. like, like you can just, I mean, there are a lot of, let's say, moral dilemmas today, or I'm sorry, ethical <laughs> dilemmas today that are just like, okay, like, I don't think that my interlocutor has all the facts on the table. Yeah. Like they're not conceptualizing this well, you know yeah. what I mean? So I don't know if you guys are still attracted by that to some extent. Of course. But, of course. Yeah. I said, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, like, I'm like a, a supersized bag of those mixed nuts at the store right now. I have like intuitions every which way about this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the other, and the other thing too. Okay. Oh, this is this is one of my biggest hangups, and this is circling back to the pin in the moral foundations theory that you were talking about. Okay, so the first the first way, so we just talked about the second way to resist relativism, uh, but the first is that to note that much moral disagreement is not real. That is, it is not real moral disagreement. Okay, here this is this is like a question that I had, and I. And I wrote about it in my reading response to this. Okay, so she says, I, and I don't know, I don't remember where, but just grant that I read this correctly. So, <laughs> granted. <yeah. laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, he, here's like a big issue that I have with pluralism in general. And it, I don't, like, this isn't, this isn't me saying it's like, I don't think it's right or whatever, but this is something that would have to be solved for me. Okay, so... <clears throat> Yeah, okay. Wolf says that pluralism doesn't permit of anything going, right? It's not she she says that explicitly many times. It's not that any answer is is fit to be on the table of of answers, right? So, okay. And she says that because she says that moral pluralism doesn't permit of anything being included in the moral realm right? Like she's talking about moral reasons here. She's talking about there's a plurality of moral reasons. Right. Okay. Okay. So like, I totally understand that view and I understand the attractions to the view, but here's like a really, and I don't know if it's a damning problem or just a really hard problem that I'm not seeing a way out of. So 
that raises a huge question that you could accuse the view of like begging the question about, which is, okay, like how do we constitute what counts as a moral value then? So yeah. I'm thinking about, so I'm thinking about like, okay, so, so first of all, it's clear that Wolf herself even, and I think all of us would agree that there are some values that are not moral values. And that's like a lot of the shit we've been talking about the whole series, right? So like this was, yes. yeah, yeah, this, it's like, it goes back to <clears throat> the example of me owning the car I have, right? Exactly. Those yeah. are non-moral values for me owning the car. Okay. So that, that to me sets up, there's this very clear, there are at least two bins we're considering here. There are moral values and there are non-moral values. And then, okay, let, so, so we have one on the table, like attraction to just like an aesthetically cool car or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Now, a value that is obviously moral to me would be like the creation of suffering, right? So that's a clear moral value and a clear non-moral value. But then there are all these really fuzzy ones in the middle that people would disagree whether or not they are moral values in general. Okay, so I'm thinking about, this is exactly what Adam brought up. So Jonathan Haidt <clears throat> has this mm. has this moral foundations theory, and the theory was derived um, empirically from these like large number of cultural and societal surveys about like okay when when people say that something is wrong and they're asked to elaborate on it, their elaborations all seem to sort of like trickle down to five values. And he actually added a sixth value um, that I don't remember. So there's like six, there's six incommensurate moral values that he talks about or, or moral foundations. And <laughs> okay, so let me, I should have done this before. Let me, let me pull up what they are. Six incommensurable. Yes. Yeah, they so they, they okay. don't reduce into a single. Yes, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, I'm just making sure that I heard that correctly. I'm trying to, because yeah. I haven't, I'm not familiar with this work mm -hmm. or this argument or this author. Yeah, yeah. So let me. Jonathan Height, <clears throat> you said? Yeah, H A I D T. I, I have them up here. Um, okay, so here are his six, here are his six, um, like axes or incommensurable, like, uh, values, right? So there's care or harm. Um, that's like an axis, right? And then there's fairness or cheating. There's loyalty or betrayal. There's authority or subversion. There's sanctity and degradation. And then the sixth one is liberty and oppression. Okay, but like, he here's, here's my biggest issue with that. And like, the issue for pluralism is, okay, I don't count some of those as moral values. So let me, um, sanctity. Yeah. Sanctity. I do not count sanctity as an intrinsic moral value. Yeah. You're smiling at him. <laughs> Your wickedness. <laughs> Johnny Sims. <laughs> no, I actually agree. Like, I think at best, like you can imagine it as simply like a like a tool or like a rule to follow that you know one might assume or say mm -hmm. or hope mm -hmm. that it leads to like a moral outcome. But inherently, yes, no, exactly. Is that the, is, wait, which one is the sixth one that he added later? Liberty or oppression? Okay, that one's that, more intuitive to me than uh, than uh, sanctity or, yeah, the sanctity. or yeah. yeah, yeah. So, oh, no, Gifford, you phrased it perfectly. Like, okay, 
it's like someone would be like, don't you, so you don't value sanctity at all? And I would say like, well, sure I do, but it's always sanctity in so far. Instrumentally. It, yes, yeah. exactly. Mm. Yeah. So no, hundred like, percent. Yes. Yes. And I, so I like, don't actually think that all of these are moral values. So like, okay, if we're thinking about this in terms of like the moral pluralists project, like you, you you could i could imagine someone accusing them of just like okay you just begged the question essentially like you just moved the moral disagreement like you buried the lead a little bit you know what i mean what do you mean by that so like okay so they see all this moral disagreement and they say oh we can explain this like people are it's not that it's not that like 99% of people are wrong or idiots it's that people are talking about incommensurate moral values and like some people are focusing on some and some people are focusing on others and um and that and and again that's not to say that anything goes but this explains moral disagreement right sure and uh, so there's a way in which that makes sense but then there's another way in which okay, if you're, if you're like the stronger version of an objectivist, you can just say, okay, well, yeah, but you've begged the question when you say that someone, you know, saying something is wrong on the merits of its sanctity is, is it, like, you can say that, no, that's not a legitimate position to have because sanctity is not a moral value. Um, because, okay, so here's here's something. Like, I was thinking about this in terms of, okay, well, like, what's something that's obviously not a moral value, but it sounds like it could be to someone? What about, like, what about, like, purity? Like, not being contaminated by, like, you know, like, people of, I mean, when you spell out the details, it, it can be, like, easy yeah. to straw man, but, like, but like okay but purity like purity in and of itself is not a moral value but a lot i mean the vast majority of people throughout history would have said it is do you know what i mean is so like purity is a little value like I, I guess like i guess with purity though it's like <clears throat> you don't view like purity as like a moral value yeah but certainly a lot of people do so yeah, it, yeah. So like, I feel like, like in an empirical sense, like, like, are are you saying that they're wrong to hold that as a value? I mean, how how could someone be wrong to hold a certain value? So I'm not saying that they're wrong to hold it as a value, but I'm saying it would be wrong to think that that's a moral value. Because, so okay, so like, what I'm what I'm saying is that like, so Wolf already talked about there are all these things that aren't moral values yeah and i'm saying like both of the ends of the spectrum are super clear to me but then there's gonna be because remember like because if you're a pluralist we can't like we can't we still have to stave off the relativistic impulse to say just like well it's it's a moral value ac according to them do you know what i mean like there still has to be a fact about the matter yeah, it does seem like it's an implication, like an, or an assumption that the wolf is taking that like there is a line. Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't think she spells the line out. So yeah. maybe that's another project for another day from her. But yeah, I kind of view purity like in the same category as like I don't know. So what about something like like sloth 
or like hardworkingness, right? Or just yeah. like willingness yeah. to work hard. Hardworkingness is an interesting yeah, like one. Dedication. Work, like dedication, like yeah. work ethic. Yeah, I, I mean, like, is that really reducible to like something like happiness or harm or you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. And I, but I still kind of like, like <laughs> if I if I see someone that's just like deeply, deeply sloth, you know what I mean? Like I just. <laughs> or slothful like i just like i i i do think that's like i certainly have i i could be persuaded otherwise but i have a moral intuition yeah. about something being in the moral domain there of yes. just like, i i have an intuition. no me too i yeah okay here, but yeah, is so that conflicted. a moral value or is that like simply like an indicator like probably that yes. yeah. yeah 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 yes that's, that's what I'm that's part. what I'm wondering actually it's like okay because it's like because I was thinking about this myself and like Adam your example is actually just it's it's too perfect right because they're like I know people like this right so I'm looking at this person and I'm thinking like okay you ask so I'm thinking like that's like objectively wrong to be that lazy right and then I'm asking myself like okay why do I think that and I don't know about you but I catch myself like I am naturally spelling that out in terms of they would be happier and the world would be better off. Like if they actually just weren't that lazy. I don't think I even spell it out in those terms for myself though. It's like, okay. it's just kind of something kind of innate to like their behavior, like outside of like the implications it has, like, cause you can imagine someone and I, certainly people come to mind that are like, like, but also yeah, like, yeah. like quite content. Yes. You know? They're happy. They endorse. They're, the laziness. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm not, and I'm not actually sure about what like, to want to want to be. <laughs> and, I, and with like, I don't know. I, I mean, there are like, I don't know, 8 billion people in this world. I'm not sure them like, like their behavior one way or the other would have such a deep impact on society. So it's not even like at a societal level mm-hmm. or it's not even that like, I kind of like, I guess like augment their behavior to mm-hmm. take on kind of a condemnation mm-hmm. of society as a whole. It's more specific to their behavior. You know what I'm saying? Like there's something innate to their behavior that is in the moral domain for me. I think I was definitely my- thinking more towards Jordan where like, not even like the part where it'd be better for them because like you know you can imagine a case where it might not be as much but like definitely like the world would be better like i definitely feel that intuition and it doesn't have to be the fact that like and i think that there's an easy way to make like edge cases where that wouldn't be true like if this was like a like a like a wicked person they were more productive (laughs) at being wicked picks up the plow and goes and beats kids yeah yeah, yeah exactly. like i'm not talking about those because then, yeah, then, no, then yeah. like the objectivist could just say well okay but but like that that's not like an exception that's just something else is wrong on top of the sloth you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> yeah. right um i yeah i don't know because like okay because okay so think about this case then so th- think about it even in terms of like just keep it all within the same person's um psychology okay like um Okay, if there's someone who's pretty pretty damn lazy, right? And they, they, uh, hypothetically, <laughs> and they and they, hypothetically they happen to be on this call. <laughs> um, okay, so there's someone who's like pretty damn lazy, but because of just you know spot me whatever orchestration I need to have in order to get that up and running, that if they were more productive, they would actually be less happy and less fulfilled in life. Um, 
then I think that then I then I'm then like I just say okay well then it's like a good thing that they're not more productive yeah so it sounds like the ultimate moral value there would be like it's kind of utilitarian in a way yeah at least call it it's, yeah right? it's it's I mean I'm still looking at this from like I mean at the end of the day you're like, you're kind of cheating a little bit with that example because you're putting this back what? in the chain of harm you're putting no, no, it but, but no but see, you're, but so, see you're, saying, you're saying they, yeah. you're saying they'd be less happy and that well, but, so, but that's the point if you think i'm cheating so okay here, here's no the I, I think i think okay. to formulate it correctly is they would be equally as happy um or they would have the same psychology in either situation mm. but but in one circumstance they are a productive member and in the other circumstance they're not but yeah. in this case, they're just, you know, you know Okay. There. Okay. So is it, so, so is it, okay. Is it, I don't think it's incoherent to respond to that, that it would be better for them to be less slothful, all things other being equal, but that it's not morally better. Ooh. Okay. So, so you're kind of, yeah, you're, you're actually <laughs> up against my intuition on this. One. Yes. Yes. Very much so. Cause you, cause you think, okay. So you think it'd be morally kind of equivalent if let's say, let, let's because, say, yeah, if you grant, let, yeah, sorry, yep, say, let, yeah. Let, let's say that their psychology is equivalent and that there's no impact upon the world. Um, yes. So they're, they're kind of like almost like living like in isolation in this sense. And, and just to clarify, and, when you say their psychology is the same, you're saying like they're, there's they're they're like there's no there's there's no perceptible change in their like well-being for lack of a better word right correct okay correct. okay gotcha correct so you're saying it would be they would be equally as moral living the slothful life as opposed to living the uh kind of the productive hard-working lifestyle there's like the I... same in the world is the same like hmm? well-being wise I'm sorry. I, I don't remember if you included. Just he did that include they were the world. Off. Yeah. Okay. He included yeah, the you. world. Sorry. Honestly, yeah. I want to say, like, I'm, 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 I am drawn to the statement that it's better, but not morally better. Like, you know, because I think all of us are keeping in mind like the wolf's wolf's distinction between values that are still legitimate values and then moral values. Um, because because and i also like okay because because i don't think that per i don't think that that precludes me from being able to make evaluations about that person's character either you know what i mean like in that no. like you can still do that no. so we don't view it as a moral failing on their part i view it as a failing it's, but not it's a moral failing. i see it's i don't fair. know see that's like okay I view it as a moral failure. I think I would. Pro- I I feel that intuition. Adam. I, and I, but I once you too. grant, once you grant, like that, like they are and the world are actually like equivalent in these scenarios. Like, I don't know. Like, is there is there something deeply flawed about that person? Yes, but is it like a moral flaw? I'm not sure. And and here's the reason why. So, Adam, I actually. Like if I didn't say it, I have your intuition. Like I fully have the intuition that they are like morally worse. But here's what I'm skeptical of in myself. Um, 
I'm I'm actually very skeptical of my ability to evaluate that based on my intuition because it's never worked like that in the like my intuition hasn't been built in that like isolated case. Do you know what I mean? Evolutionary so, like, argument. Yeah, because like cause, <laughs> I think because the reason I'm excluding some of like you know like the psychology is the same, mm-hmm. the world's mm-hmm. the same. It's because I don't actually typically assess those cases for either of those reasons. Actually, like those aren't the yeah. that I condemn someone for a mortal failure in that circumstance. It's not because, well, surely they'd be happier. Mm. Surely they, they would find deeper fulfillment if they behaved another way, or mm-hmm. surely the world would be a better place. That's mm. actually not the impetus behind those feelings. I, it's, I view it as a deep moral failure on that part, mm. on the part of the person. Like there's something kind of like, I mean, the domain itself is hard to kind of like yeah 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 wrap totally. up, but but there is like a character flaw that seems squarely within the moral domain to me that is just you know it, it almost seems mm. decaying corrupt you know i yeah yeah uh, so it's it's so tough because like this is this because i have people in mind that i'm like i'm i'm you know <laughs> yeah no of course <laughs> of course, i've got someone in mind this whole time <laughs> of course you know exactly yeah. you think yeah, of course. Like, like what are what are the reasons for my condemnation is it is it because the world could be better no is it because they could be better no mm, i don't know i those are like my intuitions like, yeah i don't know i don't know i'm those... like these people like could be com- like contributing to a society and they're just not right mm. they're like not engaging with like the the projects that i think we should be engaging with that make the yeah. world a better place i don't know if i have anything deeper than that like once you grant the other things it's like okay i've never encountered a scenario where i have those things granted to mm. me you know like that the world be better so you know i'm like okay sure maybe it's you know the same um like you know maybe it's not a moral oh, failure. okay i'm sorry like okay is is okay i'm wondering how like, this is confounding my thinking too we're like okay <laughs> there are things that i like will rebuke and say are maybe even morally wrong but it's not because they are intrinsically morally wrong but it's because like we amorally value them so like okay here's an example like um oh. Okay, how about this? Okay, okay, how about this? Okay, how about this? Okay, so, so like, there are things that can be wrong, but not okay. Here's what I'm wondering I should say, wondering about. Okay, it seems like there are things that can be wrong, but not because they are intrinsically wrong, but just because of the idiosyncrasies in like the psychology of the people around them or like us as a society. So, okay, so think about like. Okay, I think we'd all agree that athleticism is not a moral value. Sure. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, but then think about think about the fact that like it can actually like be not that not that like not that we would commit like bad intentions on someone, but if you know, pretend that like we were all on this um like you know club sports team or something like that, and it it had like a league that was going throughout the semester and it culminated like a tournament at the end of the semester, right? 
and we had this teammate who <laughs> so we were all super i've got, I've got one of mine okay, okay. <laughs> yes so we're all very invested in this like league and like playing and continue like it's brought us a lot of happiness right mm-hmm. and this team so we're in the first round of a playoffs that could be a very deep playoff so the playoffs are going to go for a long time it could bring us like a lot of happiness right sure. um and this person you know a rule a rule of the league is that every person has to play at least a minute you know what i mean okay mm-hmm. so this person gets subbed in and just at like the worst possible time just like flails and loses the point that just like gets us out of the playoffs right Okay, that's obviously not like a, it's not a moral failing intrinsic, intrinsically on their part, but it is morally bad in that it robbed us all of like what could have otherwise been a really good time. Right. So they didn't make a, they didn't break a specific moral rule, but they did generate harm. That kind of, yeah, like the, like it, like, it's not that what they did was wrong or maybe it, it's like, Maybe here's a different example. Like, okay, is is like burning? Okay, here, maybe this is a better example. Is like, okay, I think we would all agree that like burning a Bible or a Quran is not intrinsically wrong. Sure. Yeah. Okay, good. So then, okay, but like it would be wrong to burn a Bible or a Quran if it created like a ton of suffering in people who were like watching it, like religious people who are watching it happen for no good reason. Right. Sure. Okay. So like, that's a scenario in which I think that like, so those people value um, the Bible or the Quran because of like authority reasons, right. Or like sanctity reasons. Right. And those from my perspective are not legitimate um moral values but it could still be morally wrong because those values like because other people do care about them because they're still values even though they're not moral values is it the fact that they're other people have the values or is yeah, it yeah it's like, like only a, contingent on the fact that other people actually hold the values is that yeah. like this what i'm saying is is that the thing or is it because like the fact that other people hold values then reduces into like a utility thing? It's it's kind of is the latter. The like I'm, I think I'm exploring the latter. So like, um, yeah, like I guess I'm wondering like, can you be like, can an objectivist actually? Can you still be an objectivist and like get all of the benefits that the pluralist is talking about without out actually saying that? a lot of those things are moral values. I'm sorry, can you rephrase that question or repeat it? Yeah, maybe I'm just too like An lost objective. in my own thought train here. But like, okay, say-, say We're like, interesting territory, at least. Yeah, we are. I- I've got a few thoughts on here, too. Okay, like, I'm drawn to... Let's, let's for the moment just say I actually believe this because I'm still undecided about it, but okay. Yeah, sure. I'm a... I'm an objectivist. And on top of that, I'm a monist objectivist. So I think that there's only one and it is harm or it's, it's pleasure and pain. It's, it's the creation of happiness or suffering. Utility. Yes, exactly. Utility, right. I'm a utilitarian. And so the, so the moral pluralist comes to me and they say, well, what about all these other moral values people care about? What about sanctity? What about purity? What about um, fairness? 
right? And I say, those are totally legitimate values, but they're not legitimate moral values. And the, and the, and the pluralist responds, but you know, how do you explain like, so, so why would it be wrong then to like desecrate a Quran, to burn a Quran? And I would say, okay, that's totally wrong, but only because it's like, it's like a contingency, which makes it wrong. It's contingent on the fact that people actually like do think that it signifies something. So the burning of the book isn't really a moral value, but the action could be morally yeah. not maximum. I, or well, it could be just, be, phrase, just but... be wrong. Oh, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, what, what about this one? Okay. So what if someone discovers a great lost city with beautiful artwork hmm. and it's, it was created 3,000 years ago deep beneath the surface of the earth? And, and this is something out of straight out of like something like national treasure, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Something, something just stunning. But I also throw in the, the caveat that no one besides this person will ever see this. Mm. Yeah. They'll never see hmm. it. And they burn it to the ground. Yeah. Okay. They burn it to the ground. It's a big caveat. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so no one no one will ever see this. No, no one would have. Yeah, yeah no one would have. Yeah, yeah but yeah. they burn it to the ground. Again, I can't 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 uh uh can't someone say, yeah, that's totally like that goes like can't that just be like uh an an aggression on like w- remember in um Giffen, you didn't read this, but in Good for Nothings, Adam, she talks about like value that can't be um it's like the corruption of a value that's not a moral value. Like, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's not clear to me that that avenue is not congruently open. I think I bring this up because it's just like, for something like me, yeah. like there, there's, I still have an intuition in the moral realm there. Like, I, I, don't, I don't see the harm Mm-hmm. But I see a moral failing there, mm-hmm. that sanctity axis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for me right there, where I'm just like, yeah, there's, I, yeah, there's I'm something, sorry, there's, there, there's a character failing there that yes, seems yes. to be in the moral domain, and and, and that <laughs> and that's, that's where I lose you right there. Yes, I, no, but you don't. I I have but that in the too. moral yeah. domain, and it's like because it's. Yes. Like, because you're saying, well, couldn't couldn't this reasonably lie outside the moral, mm-hmm. moral domain? It's like, not not at least that's not my intuition. It's can, not. So can can I say why? Like, okay, you're maybe I haven't been clear, but I totally get that it's a moral. Like, I I have the intuition still that it's a moral failing too. Like, I do. I genuinely do. But like the reason why I'm really skeptical of my own intuition about that is because like it's really it's because of almost exactly what you said. Like I'm thinking about how I'm viewing that person. Right. And, and I'm, I'm worried that wrapped up in my thinking that that's a moral harm is the fact that this person, like I would just view their character as like morally corrupt um, because of what it says about like what else they've probably done or like what else they're going to do. And, and it's, Cause that's like how we think about people's characters in real life. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, so you so you think the moral domain can only include behavior that is that has consequences for other people or oneself? Like it's got to yes. have some real consequence for others. Or yeah, what? it's hard for me to you, understand. You, ha- you have to point yeah. to the consequences on the psychology of or the you know the psychology of others and oneself. It, it has to manifest for something to be moral. This is the view that I'm drawn to because again, I'm not fixed on any of this. But like, yeah, yeah of course. The view that I'm extremely drawn to is for something to count as a genuine moral value or moral claim, it has to manifest itself at least potentially to to bring in the epistemic concerns, right? Um, In consciousness somehow. Like if it doesn't affect what people actually feel in actuality or potentiality, it's hard for me to see that as a moral value. Hmm. Which again, I think is like, I, I should be clear is like, it still leaves space open for amoral values or non-moral values. I think, I think the moral domain could be defined that way. And I'm happy mm. with it being defined that way, but that doesn't encompass my intuition on the subject. Yeah. Yeah. So That's very it, fair. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, Wolf you know what I mean? About, like I, I, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Give it, I'm sorry. I was going to say like, Wolf is definitely the type of person who in their writings, they definitely, uh, she definitely makes you kind of question your intuitions Mm -hmm. and pulls you in the direction of that. And so (laughs) I think, I think it's totally fair to like phrase it that the way you did. Yeah. No, because intuitively, like, like psychologically, hundred percent, like I I probably walk by people all the time where I'm just like moral failure, just, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) don't even need to think about it. It's like, that's the way it is. But like, once Mm -hmm. you like grant these things that we don't like really encounter in day-to-day life ever, Mm -hmm. you know, like, um then then it's you know you, you got to challenge your intuitions but at the very least the intuition is there <laughs> yeah absolutely there and it could be like an unfounded intuition right like it could just be that yeah. i have the intuition these things fall within the moral domain because there isn't really an answer for why burning some lost city that is just <laughs> beyond beautiful to you know why would you do that? Yeah. When, when, when yeah. it neither affects the person who did it psychologically, they're like, they're no off yeah. worse. They're not off, you know, better. Yeah. They're not, they're not better off or, you know. <laughs> they're just the same as they walk away <laughs> from the ashes. <laughs> or, or perhaps like they're gleeful. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like perhaps that'd be morally good in yeah. that sense. Yeah. Right. Because, <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, right. Because like, in fact, no one's ever going to see that. Mm-hmm. And under this system, like the only the only effect it had was and, and, yes, and you would have you know? to also posit that it never affected them again in the future. It's just like that that it makes me I I honestly am a little bit skeptical of like my own intuitions when we get into that strangely orchestrated a case. Yeah, and, and I think I mean, is it too far off that you know someone could just have the desire to just kind of destroy something I mean, watch I, the world burn yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. but but I, I don't i don't i don't think it's too far out there actually that someone could do something that we would rebuke had we been there mm-hmm. but that it will never have any tangible effect on the world nor could it have yeah i and it, it also doesn't affect i'm sorry one more clarification yeah, and yeah. it also doesn't affect their character in a way that yes. could manifest in the future. Yes. That's the last edition makes it very difficult for me to at least come up with like a plausible real world case of that. It's so hard to conceptualize. Yeah. But I 
I do think that like to the extent that I can, I'd be willing to entertain the idea that it's like not a moral, you know, domain yeah. question in that case. Even if it's, you know, just because your mind runs through all of like the the hmm. ways in which you could imagine like the world would be better. But once you grant that, yeah, I don't know. Like I can entertain the idea, yeah. but it's just definitely it's like pushing my intuition pretty aggressively. Cause it's like, I, I don't know, like may, maybe like maybe my mind has been like deboshed to a certain corrupted ex- yeah. purity zero. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I was saying like from, from the sort of like pre philosophical position, you could say that like my mind has been debauched by just reading this stuff for years at this <laughs> point, but like, okay, just to like put my cards on the table, I do like, whenever I'm thinking about like people in my life or whatever. Right. And I'm thinking about like, you know, whether to just like maintain associations with this person, like the level of which I'm going to trust this other person, the le- like all of the, you know, like just normal things that everyone thinks about in terms of like people in their lives. Like um, it does to me come down to like, whenever, like when, when someone wrongs you and it's just like, I don't know that like, I'm sure I've like all three of us have been in a position with respect to each other where it's like some like someone seems to have wronged you or whatever and you like have a really negative evaluation of them until they explain something about the situation that you like didn't realize or something right and it's just like yeah oh okay like this person they didn't actually like this isn't a bad person it was just like a weird situation or whatever or like you my know, assessment was wrong of them yeah even if it was a reasonable assumption that you made right yeah yeah exactly like what a crazy like coincidence of an explanation that like i wouldn't have even thought of but now that i know it yeah and it's just like okay because i'm thinking about like what what is that like what does that change actually mean like why why is that change impactful and it's because like because for me at least like the way i'm thinking about it is like i want to know if i like is this person going to wrong me again like is this is this going to be like someone who like are we on different playing fields here like does this is this person just going to like wrong me again and think that it was like fine or like are we a member of the same moral community yeah exactly exactly like is this someone like is this someone who i can like you know kind of like share a moral life with in some sense do you know what i mean yeah um I don't know. Um, I mean, to be so, honest, we, we can. Yeah. So from so from that thinking, you might think that anyone that's not part of the same moral community, from what you've said, is either mistaken in how they got to where they are, at, or they're just, or or they have the wrong facts, or they're wrong. So if if they're not part of the same moral community, mm-hmm. they're either wrong, or they have the wrong facts, or you might be wrong. I was going to say, as soon as you include me being potentially wrong too, I think I would, I think I'm very amenable to that. Hmm. And if we, I was going to say, if we want to, I mean, like, I know we've been talking about like this one point for a while, but if we want to, we can talk about some other questions that I had that are still related to this, but not as I do want to hear those. Yeah. 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 For sure. Okay. Okay. So this was like, um, uh, so this was about like, so this was about the, in response to the witness case um, on page 792. Uh, so basically like, I mean, she just talks about, this is an example from a movie, but you know, surely analogs <laughs> have happened in real life that are similar to this, right? Where it's like, okay. Um, 
there's this guy and he's undercover in this Amish community. And it doesn't matter necessarily why he's undercover, but like th- there's this bully um, who's like teasing this Amish person and Amish people are pacifists. And, you know, the Amish person is being bullied and they obviously don't like it, but they, they adhere to their moral code and they don't respond with violence. Right. But uh, this other person who's not Amish, you know, seeing this is just like they can't stand watching this anymore, this abuse, and they haul off and they just sock the bully in the face, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea here is that we're supposed to have the intuition that these are both admirable men just acting on sort of like different moral values, right? Like one, uh, you know, or, or I'm sorry, actually not moral values, but they're acting within different moral systems, systems. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Okay. So, so like, and so a, a kind of a, an outcome of thinking this is that this is on page 794. So, okay. So Wolf says, um, let me find the exact, cause it's important to actually set this up in the right way. I think, um, 94. Yeah, 794 in our PDF. Um, okay, so so there's kind of two quotes in the first paragraph. So, so Wolf is asking us, and if he makes no mistake in accepting this commitment, then isn't it truly wrong for him to use violence? And him, there's the Amish person. So she's saying like, okay, if the Amish person is actually like accepting this commitment and accepting this Amish moral system, then isn't it truly wrong for him to use violence? But then she also continues. And so isn't it, uh, Oh, and she, well, I'm not sure where the other question is, but, um, but the other side of the coin is that, well, because this other, the non Amish person hasn't bought into that system, it's, tr- it's truly not wrong of him to use violence, right? So they've both like, they've bought into these moral systems. And we're supposed to catch the intuition that both of these are adequate moral systems, like neither of these are sort of like, you know, heinous, um, uh, or extremely wrong. And then she asks, and so isn't this a case in which each man acts correctly on moral beliefs that are correct relative to them and their cultures? So in the next paragraph, she continues, um, if Daniel's belief that it was wrong of him to hit the bully reflects a more general belief that it is wrong for anyone, independent of his or her culture, to engage in violence for any reason, then his position is ultimately inconsistent with both first-level and second-level versions of moral pluralism that I have described. The Daniel moral- is the Amish person. That's right. right. That's right. The moral pluralist would be right, then, in characterizing Daniel's moral beliefs as, at best, harmlessly false. Okay. Um, and I'm sorry, one more quote. She continues in the next paragraph. She says, one may believe that it is wrong for oneself or for members of one's culture to do something while yet believing that others may be morally permitted to do it. More plausibly, perhaps, one may believe that it is wrong for oneself or for members of one's culture to do something without having any position at all about what others sufficiently distant from one from oneself are morally permitted to do. Okay. And that's where like a lot of my thinking was kind of stemming from that last, that last section. And like, okay, I don't know if you guys had this thought at all either, but like, 
part of me is wondering like okay what does it actually mean to believe that an act is morally wrong but not for everyone like it I think just it depends on the culture right i mean like mm-hmm. i imagine like another scenario in which like yeah i don't know say say in a certain culture there's like a certain act of breeding between two people that you know yeah care yeah. deeply for each other mm-hmm. that would be seen as possibly a little obscene like in our own culture right yeah and for, and for one to engage in that i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. no go uh, on <laughs> it, it, it could be whatever but no, the point is, is that funny like, examples that come to mind yeah but it would just be like the idea that one of those individuals in that culture could engage in that act because it's a cultural thing but if someone else outside of that culture engaged in that same act mm-hmm it could be seen as like, or it would be immoral, right? Yeah. And I guess what was motivating, so so to me, it seems like that was motivating a lot of my questions about like, I wonder if the, everything does reduce to harm uh, or or happiness then, because it's like, well, so when you drill into the details about why it would be wrong, like it's almost implicit in the question that like, the reason why it's wrong is simply because it's like a, it's a, it's a practice in this culture. Um, you, you know what I mean? So like, I think, um, do, you, do you remember from Seinfeld? There's that funny example of like George's dad, uh, like, or was it, jo- I don't remember if it was George or his dad, but like, they, they they were refusing to take their shoes off in like that Vietnamese uh, household where it was like, it's like a huge insult. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a That's huge, funny. it's a huge insult in some Vietnam. I don't remember exactly, but like in some Vietnamese culture to not take your shoes off, like when entering like the, the home or whatever. But like, you know, um, like I think it's George's dad has like some like foot disease or whatever. So it's like... <laughs> so it's like super his foot's like gross and stinky or whatever so he refuses to like take off his shoes but that like that creates like you know like suffering in those other people so like okay like that that's motivating my thought of like what can't you still say that yeah like this this is where you can be like an a pluralist but in a more like i guess you could say like a reductionist way um that like things can be on their surface like you can have like a pluralism of values but when you dig into why it's only because of the sort of like idiosyncrasies or contingencies of that culture like it's wrong because it makes them unhappy not because sanctity is actually a moral value i don't know you know i i get that intuition um i had an example but it kind of escaped me yeah I think we have to go like in a maybe like a non-harm direction. You know what I mean? Because like that that still has to do with harm um, for me, where it's like it can be reduced to harm. Certainly that example of uh-huh. taking one shoes off where it's like, you know, you would be causing offense, which causes harm. Mm-hmm. So it, it yeah. just ends up being a harm question. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think yeah. we have to circle back around to maybe a previous example or a new one where it's like, sure. There yeah, is not harm. really any harm done. That that one, it's just like there's yeah. clear harm done. Clear Direct harm. harm versus like total harm. Because like that in that example, it's like very clearly like going to cause direct harm, right? Stinky. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I'm, I'm trying to imagine an example where like yeah. 
there's like a the, this kind of difference in like culture or whatever yeah. um that doesn't boil down to a misunderstanding but like you know it's not causing direct harm to anyone but like you can imagine that like the consequences like ripple out to cause like some uh, neg- yeah. net negative yeah. but like it's hard to think of an example that doesn't include that yeah i i, I don't know like a, a lot of this like a lot of this shit to me is just um it really makes like psychological sense but i guess i'm wondering if like if there's more going on sort of like underneath the psychology with, with pluralism you, you know what i mean I, I don't know i'm just i'm like i genuinely conflicted about it yeah um because like i i don't know um and like okay like because i've been taking the side of like the anti-wolf here but like i mean like if you th- if i'm thinking about like my everyday kind of thought process about stuff on paper it shows up as extremely pluralistic do you know what i mean because it's just like um yeah in practice very much like this yeah yeah. in terms of like her explaining um like moral disagreement which is kind of like how she oh yeah preps us like that is incredibly intuitive yeah yeah but like once you dig through out of like the practical realm yes then it leaves a lot of questions yeah because it's like okay cause, yeah because it's okay this is i remember like this is kind of how i like opened my the, like the paper that i was talking about earlier which is like um like ha- have you got i okay i'm trying to think if i've ever had this experience I, i'm sure i have nothing's coming to mind but like okay because you know, remember wolf says like um you know it, when she when she's saying like there are certain things that are um objectively wrong just because there are many right answers doesn't mean there's nothing that's objectively wrong and she says that the objectively wrong there is constrained by reason and empirical fact right have you ever have you ever had a disagreement with someone where like there's actually no question about the relevant facts but yet you still like it's that is that not the most uncomfortable thing in the world actually yeah i've held many of those conversations of course yeah and and like yeah um those are incredibly frustrating those are incredibly frustrating because there's like um i don't know okay so this was like uh, this this i think this is my last like question that i was thinking about a lot um so it's like okay if if um if empirical fact and reason can constrain bad answers i guess part of me is wondering like I don't know. I was just kind of thinking about it like visually a little bit, right? So there's like an axis of like, you know, there are like, and maybe the axis actually kind of like opens up a little bit on the pluralistic side, right? But there's like all these, there's all these like moral systems down here that are just genuinely terrible, right? And they're genuinely terrible, like because of reason and empirical fact. Um, and I buy that. I totally buy that. But then part of me is wondering, like, okay, um, if that's true, what's preventing reason and empirical fact from sliding all the way up that axis and eliminating everything except the actually best moral system then? Like, you know, because she says, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, like, it kind of goes back to our what we said earlier, where it's like... Mm-hmm certainly you can define it that way 
certainly you can define the moral yeah, domain. Yeah. I and I don't see anything necessarily logically wrong with it. It's perfectly yeah. acceptable. It does run up against my intuition. Yeah, no, I know. It, yeah. it, 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 it just does where it's just like, it's like, yes, but are we, are we still, in, we're, we're no longer including certain behavior that I view mm. in the moral domain. Mm. And that's fine, I suppose. But I still have moral intuitions about that behavior. So it's like, okay, if we <laughs> want to kind of maybe de-brainwash me to an extent, yeah. you know what I mean? Where it's like this, you know, uh, living a slothful life is it's not necessarily immoral, <laughs> except or, you know, insofar as you don't have a negative effect yeah. on yourself or the world. And it's yeah, like, yeah. like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it, it just like, yeah. I, like okay, yes, yes, you can do that. Like, yeah. with reason. but does this matter? Like, does it's that, not going to inform any of your observations or anything? Yeah, no, I know, I know. You won't, I you won't know. Yes, and, and then part of me also thinks like, who the hell cares? Like, whether because like, none of this is actually going to happen. Like, it's always going to affect someone or something in some way in the real world. So like. You know what I mean? Like, why does it matter? I don't know. Like, I, I also have that strand going in me too. Um, but then, but then, but then that strand of me gets closed off pretty quick by saying like, well, okay, but like, again, like in the limit epistemically, like, what do we actually want? And then that, you know, so that, I don't know. So maybe I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm like pretty pluralistic when it comes to just like living my everyday life, but then on like a policy level or something, then I'm more monist objectivist. I don't know. On a policy level, I'm very monist objective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very, because I was just thinking of a scenario where I'm like, okay, well, what if I imagined two different worlds? One in which, you know, the well-being of <laughs> the people at large yes. were like the exact same in both worlds, but one consisted of like, you know, dutiful, hardworking individuals. <laughs> and then yeah. the other one consisted of individuals of sloth. Yeah. Right? And like... I actually, my intuition then breaks down where it's like, I'm actually not sure I view one as if like, they're both one. equally happy. Then. Exactly. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah. like, okay, well now I view it possibly a little different. Like, you know, mm. so I don't know if that exposes something of my psychology, you know, possibly mm. like a exposed thumbnail. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean though, right? Like, I know, no, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where perhaps like, it's more like a bird's eye view sort of look at it where it's yeah. like, okay, well, yeah certainly that's that's no longer a you know within the moral domain but yeah. it's you know individually yeah. i still have that intuition so yes yes because no, this is the world we live in i suppose so yeah yeah and, and i don't know i mean like it it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of um like notes from underground where he's like rebelling against um you know he's like you like rebelling against the constraints of rationality or like in this case rational morality or whatever you know like the tw twice two makes four he's like you know rebelling against that or yeah 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 <laughs> yeah there's some analogy yeah. in there yeah because it's like i don't know because like you know i don't know about you guys but sometimes when you're doing something i don't know sometimes you do shit and it's like not actually for aggregate happiness in the moment i don't know you know it's like yeah. um I don't know, like you do this shit all the time. It's like, okay, when you're, when you're, um, 
like working on a paper and it's you already or not maybe not a paper because it's a bad example but like you're doing some assignment or whatever and it's already a hundred percent you know it's going to be a hundred percent because it's just done correctly and it's done well and everything but then it's like oh but you continue to improve it and the strict kind of rationalist could say like well it would really maximize your utility to like go bring other grades up or whatever right like this i mean this was literally this isn't even isn't, isn't even an example this just was me an undergrad like you know because yeah. all of i got like all A's and off my all my philosophy classes and i am 100 percent sure that i poured extra time into there when the grade was already an a and i got a b in some you know engineering class or whatever you yeah. know and the strict yeah. rationalist is going to say like well you're being irrational because like you should maximize this and then i would respond like okay i don't want it like i don't give a damn about like in know? this case you might make a pretty strong argument given where you're at that like you actually were maximizing utility by focusing on the um uh, well the but even if it didn't come out that way do you know what i mean so like you could say like i think it's i don't think it's incoherent to be like I like I don't really care like I'm not doing this to like maximize utility. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I I think a strict like utilitarianism definitely is yeah, critiquable like that. Exactly. Yeah. I know, I know. I just I have like a lot of mixed intuitions about this. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean honestly like the just sitting here talking about the um because I think we were all to some extent drawn to like a utilitarianism, but yeah. like it definitely does show like the appeal of Mm. of like pluralism that of course just, just, yeah. just discussing these things it's like no of course <laughs> even granted like equal happiness like oh what a yeah there was a know, very like, sly there, there are too many slobs yes, yes. around <laughs> there was a yeah. <laughs> happy there, slaws does not a happy like you know adam make <laughs> You know, there, I, no, appreciate- I mean, I, yeah it, it's just like it, there is something that still just tugs on me where it's just like it, it's like, okay you you could say that the reason i condemn that behavior is <laughs> beneath the psychology beneath it all you know it's like there is you know it's it's because i know they'd be better yes. had their behavior been different or they would be better or the world would be better but that's yes. not the driving force. <laughs> no, right. And, and, no. You, and, you, and one could say, you know, I'm I'm mistaken in that, which is fair enough, right? I'm I'm mistaken in that being and in, in making a moral judgment of that kind. Okay, mm. well, fair enough. But I I do. Yes, yeah, and, I do, and I appreciated the extremely, may not underhanded, but clever part of the paper where Wolf said. You know, she sort of turned the mirror on the on the utilitarian, and she, you know, more pluralism explains oh so neatly why you're drawn to utilitarianism or Kantianism. You know, because yeah, oh, that was very because this, I this, like that, this is a legitimate moral value, and I was like, damn you, <laughs> yeah, and it's a strong one too, because like. If you if you yeah. still accept like some sort of order, that's probably a pretty high one, right? Exactly. And and again, she's going to say like ordering doesn't you know you yeah know, right. just ordering doesn't uh, conflict with with the incommensurability thesis. Yeah. So yeah, does not imply what you think it implies. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. This was definitely the, one of the more most enjoyable papers. Oh, for um, sure. Of hers. Yeah. Yeah. And 100%. also, yeah. And also, like, if, okay, if, like, you've listened to this, I, to be honest, I think that we actually haven't even covered, like, a good bit of the paper because 
like we just went into other areas but like the the paper itself is actually very interesting from the perspective of because because to be honest i think we all just probably agree about this like whether you can be a pluralist and actually robustly not slide into relativism or subjectivism oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah yeah i think yeah, she made that course. case extremely convincingly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but, but there's, for, there's, there's a pretty big difference there yeah, yeah huge difference and and i agree with her that it's not it's not cherry picking either i mean there's like a very clear way in which like the honestly the, the baseball analogy was just perfect for that it was yeah. perfect for that i mean there are some people yeah. who we just know are not the best hitters of all time and then there's a legitimate debate about who could be yeah 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 <laughs> even i agree with the sport analogy i i <laughs> I, I just need to find a moral system that that will say it's permissible for me to just impale the person who stole <laughs> who, who stole my bike. That's how you guys stole your, bike? your bike. Yeah, like a few weeks ago. I think I forgot to. T- yeah, Someone, damn, <laughs> dude, it was on campus too, and it was out. It was outside the library at like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. I came out and the, the, like the lock, like the the lock had been cut, and my bike was stolen. Miserable. Yes, I I just want to like. For the rest of my, you days, don't care if he's like, happy. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I don't do this for the utility and just sink like <laughs> like, the, like the pike into him. <laughs> pike, <laughs> just a head displayed outside the library. <laughs> like, do not steal my bike. There are no like, it's like utility be damned. <laughs> yeah, it's like a population ethicist comes around. And he's just like, <laughs> like after scanning both your brains, he was actually happier than you were sad for him taking the bike. <laughs> he's like so. <laughs> a morally good thing like his, his pure ecstasy as he just drove away on the bike yeah. outweighed the harm done into the sunset happiest he yeah. ever was and will ever be he's, he's yeah. just so perverse that like he just experiences that ecstasy every time he rides the bike too because he's reminded of his eyes so returning the bike would actually also be a great harm <laughs> <laughs> the population ethicist at the school. The population ethicist is the one who took the bike. Just like, <laughs> just, <laughs> but then, like, but then him having like a congruent reason for even knowing that he's in the right is just like an additional level of ecstasy on top of this. He's just like erupting with pleasure as he's like riding away on the And he's, he's like the rare psychology where anything that he does that's like immoral will bring him greater pleasure than it does harm. <laughs> so it just ripples down. The fact yeah, so that he, he would otherwise be immoral just even more. Yes, so he's justified to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the utility monster, right? Yeah. Plunges the knife in, just like a flood of serotonin, just like unmatched by anything. Like, ah. No human or like experience or collection of human experiences matches that serotonin hit. Exactly. <laughs> Plunging the dagger into the child's heart. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, you know what we should do. Adam's like, I- imagine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we should um or or maybe we shouldn't actually, but um, I was thinking uh, it might actually it. be my thing is like it might actually be interesting to um oh one paper that we should absolutely read after this because I don't remember because I remember it had to do like a lot with these kind of concerns we've been having, but I don't remember the content enough to talk about it. Was this one paper by Peter Railton, 
who defends what I think he calls like sophisticated consequentialism. Uh, that we should that should be like a circle back paper um, after yes, this. That series. sounds very interesting. Yeah, it's been referenced many a time. Yes, uh, and I and I keep like threatening to reread it to myself, and I never do. And we should absolutely do that, like over break or something. Um, yes, Adam, did you ever read? Did you ever read the Moral Landscape by Sam Harris? No. Okay. Part of me, part of me thinks that that would actually be interesting to circle back around to in the context of this conversation too, because like. I kind of feel like I would like it less now. I've heard really? his talks enough that I feel like I got, I got the book from talks. That's probably I, true. Yeah. Right. I mean, no, if, I, all those years true. ago, I mean, of course. Yeah. yeah. No, it's probably true. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I would like that book a lot less now, but I, but I don't know. Um, but, but, but yeah, I don't know what else to see. Um, okay. Well, I, I hope I I yeah this was definitely one of my favorite um favorite papers favorite discussions in the series so far so yeah this was fun yes we will be pivoting moving forward to different topics within Wolf's career so next episode next two episodes hopefully uh, we'll be doing meaning in life and why it matters a short book by Wolf which should be I'm just I'm I'm absolutely just waiting to read that ravenous yes no, yeah, it should, exactly. should be fun. Yeah, it should be very fun. All right, so hopefully people are enjoying the series. We will be mixing it up, so tune in next time. If you want to um, support the show in any way, you can do so simply by sharing it. I'm hoping to get this show out to more people. And so if you want to share it on Twitter or social media, that would really help me. Uh, You can also rate it on Apple Podcasts, like this video if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe uh, via Apple Podcasts or an RSS feed. Or you can connect me with recommended guests or topics to cover. Uh, You can get in contact with me at Plato's Cave Podcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan underscore C underscore Myers. And I now have a website for my philosophy endeavors at jordanmyers.org. If you want to know a little bit more about me and my fellow co-hosts, I'm a master's student in philosophy at the University of Houston. I did my undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh, where I studied mechanical engineering and philosophy. And now that I'm back at school, I'm hoping to more closely study moral responsibility, free will, ethics, epistemology, and moral psychology. Those are topics that I was introduced to and got really interested in in my undergrad work. Adam and Giffen accompanied me on this show, and Adam is one of my oldest friends. We actually met in kindergarten, and we've been interested in philosophical topics for as long as we can remember, and in a lot of ways, it's been the basis of our friendship. Adam studied chemistry and biology at Cornell, and he's especially interested in moral responsibility as well, but also law, religion, and free will. Giffen is also one of my oldest friends. We've been friends since elementary school as well. Giffen studied biology and economics at RPI, and now he works in human health research. And he's particularly interested in exploring political philosophy. With with all of that information, again, I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you get in contact with me or, or follow my work in any way that you deem reasonable to do. So with that, thank you for listening.